I'm Izzy, and my guest today is super, super dope. He's someone that has had his hands in multiple industries for a minute now. And when I get recommended somebody from Edwin Martinez, I immediately say, all right, I got to have him on. So this somebody is Andres. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. Good morning. And uh, yeah, I mean, Edwin Martinez seems to be a common denominator in a lot of people's lives. He's, uh, <laughs> he's fantastic. He is so dope. So dope. But I appreciate you jumping, jumping on. I know it's like eight o'clock. Uh, your time? Did you have your coffee yet? Anything like that? It is. I had I had my first sip. I uh, I normally try to work out at six a.m. and my okay. dogs and cat wake up at five thirty a.m. So uh, <laughs> people get surprised. You know, I I also from working a lifetime at Adidas. You know, it was it was a uh, added value that you bring to the table when you're able to jump on jump on calls at six in the morning or seven in the morning and people get Absolutely. surprised. You know, I'm. Uh, Historically, I wake up super early, so I, for for me, this is already mid morning. I love exactly, exactly. I'm the same way. Um, so cool. For people that don't know who you are, may not know that background at Addy or anything like that. Do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Yes, sir. Andres Pazmicheo, proudly born and made in Guatemala. And uh, when I was 14, I knew I wanted to work in sneakers, and it was mostly because growing up in Guatemala and then in Mexico and then in the U.S. Um, you know, Latino parents do not open their wallet so quickly for sneakers, like, like probably most of my parents, my friend's parents did. So I had this infatuation with the industry and with soccer and, um, and I, you know, I saw Kobe wear Adidas and I saw David Beckham wear Adidas and, and, uh, and I, I think I built my entire life to work there. Uh, if I'm honest, that was kind of like my life's muscle. But before that I was, I was very fortunate to work in telecommunications and, and I ran the consumer marketing department of the company in East Africa. And then I, you know, I get my calling from Reebok, which was part of Adidas at that time. Eventually I moved to entertainment marketing, um, under the, the, one of my greatest mentors, John Wexler. And, uh, and there I was very lucky to, when I was in Latin America to, to work with, you know, the likes of Jay Balvin and Nikki Jam and, and, people that, you know, 10 years ago were, you know, probably unknown globally right. um, and now are, are wrecking forces and, and legends. And then I, I have the privilege of working with other top collaborators with the, you know, Yeezy partnership with Pharrell. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, my last stand I was there with, we did Ivy Park and, but I was always there when we did All Birds that for, for someone who's an industry geek, to me, that's a lot personally, that's a lot more impactful than, than working with, with, with creatives, you know, being part of that team that brought together two brands that generally compete, uh, to, to put together the, the most, uh, carbon neutral, uh, footwear today. That was, that was huge. And then I got to work with NASA and got to work with, with a lot of people. And, and after, after over a decade, uh, I, you know, I, I think I needed a reset. And yeah. I, I, uh, I kind of changed jerseys and put my entertainment jersey back and moved down to Hollywood to, to work at the world's most prestigious entertainment agency, William Morris. And, and there I, I worked as, as the lead of brand partnerships for, and something that you know very well, brand partnerships yeah. for, for the Latinos in, in the agency. And now I, I joined a startup called Exile. And I, I build brands for Latino entertainment. So I literally spend my day 
trying to figure out where is the next white space for direct to consumer uh, brands that live in that intersection of entertainment and content and community. So, sorry, long-winded way of introducing no, myself. I love that. Before we go too deep into another subject, really quick, uh, the elephant in the room. You've been able to work with very, very large sets of people, um, whether that is very big followed or just like big group in big group settings at Addy. What's, what was the like biggest, uh, let's just say like rock in the road when it came down to like getting into the meetings with these, these creatives or anything like that? Like what was that big thing that you're like, they're like, okay, I, I might have to look out for this when we walk into a meeting with Jay Balvin or with Nikki Jam or anything like that? You know that I, I love that question because I think that's to, to public per- perception that is, you know, people see that as, Jesus, once you get into the room, like, how are you going to navigate that? And I think yeah. the, 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 the most challenging part is getting in the room. Boom. And getting in the room is, I think getting in the room is, is, is tough because it, I put myself in, in, in the side of the brand, of, of our senior brand executive. And, and when you have someone like Jay Balvin or you have someone like Kanye, you have someone like Pharrell, you want to make sure that you have only the the strictly necessary heads in that room, right? right. But you also want to make sure, and, and this is something that I think with with these collaborators, the companies were trying to do right by them in terms of having uh, a team that reflected the consumer, a team that that was not starstruck and and understood how to how to navigate conversations all the way, you know, be, between designers and, and managers and, and talent, um, you just, you just have to be persistent. You yeah. have to be, you have to be persistent. You have to do a lot of extracurriculars in your spare time just to, to be part of culture. It's, yeah. I, I don't think there's, there's one thing that I did. It was more of, I was a fan of music and I was a fan of fashion and sneakers. And, and I tried, I tried to be informed and I tried to be, uh, curious. I think yeah. curiosity plays a, a big part. And then once you're in, if I'm completely honest, I've been very fortunate that for the most part, the people or these big teams that I've worked with are, are humble and they come from backgrounds that are similar to mine. There's, we can draw a lot of parallels. So the, the celebrity part of it was easy. The celebrity yeah. part of it, everyone who I had the, the privilege of interacting with uh, treated me with, you know, with humility and, and respect and curiosity about what is a Guatemalan doing here, uh, which is yeah. something that I always loved articulating. Um, it's the persistence. It's the persistence and and it's, you know, it's you're, you're one Latino guy in a, in a sea of, of people that are highly competitive, highly intelligent and prepared that you know that are not latino that that probably have have been doing this for a longer time and and it's persistent it's it's yeah. persistence i love that so one of the things that a lot of young creatives seem to in a sense shy away from is something that you've actually embraced and I, i'm gonna i'm gonna call it sales in a sense but from a standpoint of the partnership side, truly finding the right partnerships for these um, entertainers or for Adidas or anything like that. So from a sales perspective, like how did you learn to actually sell not only these brands, but like most importantly yourself? 
I think, I mean, I, I, I copied with pride. I mean, I mm. say copied with pride because I, I think who I am today and, and who I've been for my, the entirety of my professional life is just uh, uh, the sum of all the influence of all the fantastic people that I've met. So, for example, there was this young gentleman who used to work at Complex, Net Complex Networks who we did some content together for, for ComplexCon, and he had his online portfolio established in a way that was super visual and super professional and it looked almost like a like a an article from vice news or or, or yeah. a platform a super reputable platform and i remember stalking him and telling him dude i'm i need to take this page off your book because it's <laughs> this is something that you do so well uh obviously I'm, let me give it the 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 flavor and the spices that that only i can um but and in terms of sales Listen, I, I'm very fortunate that, that today I can speak from, from the seat of, of, of a brand executive or, or an entertainment executive, but I was just about the culture. I was, I, for the longest time, I've, you can see the gray hairs in my beard, so I, I don't, I'm probably not the consumer anymore, but for the longest time, I was, I was the consumer. Yeah. I, and, and I had to constantly work in being able to extrapolate me from my consumer hat into my executive hat. So. I think one of the things that I brought to the table, both with with partners and with potential buyers or advertisers, um, was my ability to to be multilingual. And by multilingual, I mean speak the language of corporate America, but also speak it with a place from from a place of authenticity. Of of no, you know, the the I have friends that say this: La calle es igual donde sea. Streets are the same wherever you go. Yep. And, and, and being able to, to coming from, from, from that part of the world and coming from where I come from, I think also helped me understand, uh, you know, you, when you talk to a, to a brand executive, you're able to, to mix the language in, in terms of KPIs and accomplishment and engagement and, and return of investment, but you also spice it and season it with what the consumer's feeling and, and right. the, the zeitgeist of, of, of what that target audience wants to, wants to feel. Um, so I think that that's how I managed to, and, and I, I'm with you. Sales is, is such a icky word. And it's, it's for, for, for most people, sales is a, a cold email or cold pitching or your elevator pitch, you know, right. uh, you, you, that you love startups. So, you know, you know, all about elevator pitches and decks. Um, but it's also about your ability to to create human connections between who's on the other side of the phone and and what you envision for said brand or or celebrity. Right. No, it's crazy. I uh, I hated the job, but one of the most impactful jobs that I've ever had. I used to sell tickets uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, and um, I didn't do too well. I'll be honest, but it got me okay with going out and doing the cold calling doing the, the things so most recently with trade block we hosted a scavenger hunt in new york city and uh it was really dope we were trying to find uh, boutique store partners to be stops mm -hmm. along the journey and everything like that and people were like oh we've been sliding into their dms no one's answering i was like why don't we just call them and they're like uh like some people that haven't been in that space or in that scenario or they're just like, that's like a foreign thing to them or they're not comfortable yeah. with it. And after a few calls, we had six stores and it was just like, let's go just, just like that. And it's, it, it's also 
you you talk about the ability to not only be that person on the phone pitching, but at the same time to speak the language of the person that is the culture in the, in the boutiques, in the sneakers and stuff, in the riffs and blah blah blah. So I think uh, just that sales standpoint from a creative side, like while it doesn't seem like you say like sexy or anything like that, it's truly one of the most impactful things that you can learn in your journey as a creative. Agreed. Listen, I, I'm with you. It's not the sexiest, but at the at the end of the day, you you look back and you're like, you're like, man, I I that was the sexiest thing I did. I yeah. you know, like I I remember I I saw Airbnb started rolling out last year. You know how now they're they're doing these um, stays slash experiences at the mm-hmm. Sex in the City apartment and. I remember with with my colleague at that time, Miles Gedali. He he was the the he owned the relationship with with that brand partner. And on the side, that Dy Daddy Yankee had just told me yeah. that one of his homes in Puerto Rico was like this beautiful vacation home in the mountains in in Luquillo, and you know that that he probably wasn't using it as much, and he wanted to find something to do with it. Man, I I. Later that day, I remember calling Miles and saying, "Bro, I have something for Airbnb." And we yeah. called them and 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 said, "We know what you're doing." You know, kind of like we know what you did last summer, but it was more of like, <laughs> we, "We know what you're trying to do." And you know, we we know that Latinos are next. And you say, yeah. "You know, who better to be your first Latino ambassador than the King of Kings?" You know, the goat. Uh, and it was that. It was our ability to understand what was going to move the needle for them in terms of. It, you know, it's it's not a secret. Latin brands yeah. love Latinos right now. You know, we're we're in yeah. vogue because 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 man, we're working hard and we're earning those dollars and we're becoming that that force that we have always been, but finally being recognized. So we we called them up and they were such great partners. And and Dy was so excited because not only it was something that you know was was money was not the issue here, but it was something that not only was was he going to get to promote his house he was going to get to promote tourism in his island in his country um so that was that's what you said it's it's that ability to to find the white space and move in like a little squiggly worm yeah exactly i think uh to double up on that i think that when we talk about sales people just think it's like oh you come and buy these buy these tickets or buy this or anything like that but you can find those positions as a creative that you can be super creative in um i had the opportunity to actually sell sponsorship for the milwaukee marathon and um one of the coolest things about that and probably one of the coolest projects that i worked on and, and sold and did all the activation for was i had this idea um i i I wasn't the, I guess, the originator of the idea. I'd seen videos of it, but I was like, why don't we do this uh, at the marathon? There were these people doing the beer miles where obviously uh, you you drink beer as you run, depending on where you're at. Um, But one of the big, uh, I don't know if they're in LA, but they might be. Uh, Is there Qdoba out there? There, I think there are a couple, but yes, okay. it's, that's so, a very that's a very Midwest thing. But yes, yes, yes. So basically, one of the coolest things uh, they one of the big HQs and one of the big franchisees is actually in Milwaukee. So I approached the uh, entire franchisee and I was like, "Hey, I have this cool idea. They do these beer mun- runs, but like we have Milwaukee's like low key a huge college town. So I was like, "Hey, what's stopping us from doing this marathon and doing a burrito mile where you have to eat a burrito <laughs> beforehand and as long as you didn't um, puke after that mile, you would get 
uh, you would get a t-shirt, you would get everything, but then you would also get five free burrito vouchers. Wow. So, and like, it was just like driving people into the store, blah, blah, blah. And, or each location. And it was just like day of, we had 50 people registered. I was like, oh no. And then all of a sudden, as I thought the the college kids came out and registered on the spot and we had over 400 people. Col- like, college kids are hungry, dude. Exactly. And it was just like, what? I get five free burritos from running a mile? Like, that's fun. So it was like the uh, sales thing. You can have, yeah, you can have a lot of fun with it. So I love that. Um, one of the things that I want to uh, go back to is you mentioned growing up, this was always a dream of yours. Uh, but with us being uh, Latino, there is probably some circumstances where people are like, well, there's may not be money in that. Like, why not be a doctor or a lawyer or this or that? I had the pleasure and the absolute privilege of having parents that were completely fine and still are completely fine with me being a creative and pursuing these things as long as I pay my bills. Um, But I'm wondering, like, how was that received in your household? I mean, let let me start by saying today I've been doing what I do or in the same general vicinity (laughs) for 21 years. My dad cannot describe to his friends or my grandmother or whatever what I do for a living. He still, he still, when someone asks him, what does Andres do for a living? He still says something like, he's a marketing executive of sorts, uh, which, which is good because I think 10 years ago, it was only like, I think he does advertising or something or sells <laughs> shoes. Um, but no, it is, um, I, I, my, both my parents are brilliant. My mom was a, a systems engineer that did fantastic things for, for, a, you know, the company that made windows, yeah. uh, in, in Latin America. And, uh, and my dad is a doctor and both my parents had this little feud of like, is he going to choose medicine or engineering? And I wanted to do engineering, but I wanted to do sound engineering because I wanted to be a, a, behind the scene in, in concerts. I, uh, I got into, I got accepted into medical school a month or so before summer break. A, a teacher of mine said, are you sure you want to do medicine? It's like, I'm not like, you just seem more of a creative type. And, and she made me take these like assessments and stuff and, and everything pointed out that I was heavier or over indexed more in the creative side or the, the promotion side of things. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, cha- I didn't tell my parents and I changed my, uh, <laughs> my enrollment <laughs> into, uh, into comm school and, I think I got grounded. I, <laughs> I, 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 at that point, I think I was still bar- borrowing my parents' car. So I could, like, I, I had to take the, I was living in Mexico at that time. So I had to take the, the, like, back to the subway and public transportation. Yeah. Um, it took him a good summer break and a couple of months to, to get on board with the idea. Uh, and, uh, and it was, it sucked, man, because you know why it sucked? Because, now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh, if I if I had just had just any bit more of support or interest uh, in creative industries from them, something that they completely ignored, right? God, I I, I would have had you know because they were super good parents. They they were super good parents and they were super smart. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, eventually eventually they got on with it, and I, I you know I I haven't asked for a, a penny for my parents since I was like 17 and a half. So I guess, yeah, I think I, you know, in, in, in terms of Latino parents, I think I've made it. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I love that. I think it's, uh, I realized, especially during this season, uh, very much realized like how privileged I was to find, uh, to have the parents that I had that fully supported um, everything, um, even if it was making a right and they really wanted me to make that left and not quit that job and start a, a company. And ultimately I fell flat on my face, but I needed that in order to fuel yeah. the next, the next part of the journey. Uh, so speaking of the journey as a great transition, what, like, if there's a creative, a, a Hispanic creative, a creative in general, that's trying to break into an industry such as like footwear or entertainment or anything like that, what pieces of advice are you giving uh, today? I, I think the the first and biggest piece of advice that I that I share with with you know younger friends and colleagues that sometimes you know a- ask me questions, but there's two. I think there's two. The first one is build your portfolio from day one. That's that's something that I I realized long in my career that I had dropped the ball around because I I did fantastic things when I was uh, a 17 year old working in advertising that I now could proudly say, oh yeah, I, you know, I was in a team that, that won a, a Grand Prix at Con 20 years ago from Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 and I, didn't have the, I didn't have the pictures. And I, I mean, it was a different time 21 years ago and 20 years ago, but build your portfolio. Even if, even if you're not ready to put it online or, or to build, you know, keep organized folders of what you did, when you did it, because um, I think the best interviews that I've, that I've unlocked in my life was because I had a, I, I had a very visual, very impactful portfolio. And actually that's, that's part of the advice that I took from David Creech, who, uh, you know, <laughs> was, who was the, the, the big boss at, at Jordan design and, and, yeah. you know, now is doing his own thing uh, and is close to, you know, he, he's responsible for building most of, 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 a lot of Nikes and most of Jordan's wins in the past year. And, and he gave me that bit of advice. And the second one is ask questions, mm. ask so much questions about everything, question everything respectfully, obviously, but question right. everything, ask questions. Those, those are two things. And then I think for I, growing up as a, as a young adult in the industry, um, I realized that not everyone is your friend mm-hmm. and you, and you need to, you need to, be able to discern who is your friend and ally and who's not. And whoever's your friend and ally, try to learn as much from them. And whoever's not your friend, respect them and treat them kindly and, and always try to build them. But um, dude, in, in the sneaker industry, I got a, a couple of times I got kept in detention or, you know, kept in, in Reese's out of Reese's because Someone didn't like me. Not not that they didn't like the, the work I did, or they didn't like the the you know what we were building together. Someone just didn't like me as a person. Someone who didn't probably even have my phone number. Yeah. And here here I am, this you know super transparent guy telling my life to everyone. And and I learned that. I learned keep your friends super close, and and whoever's not your friend, just you know make make sure that you're not sh- oversharing uh, yeah. your plans. But, uh, and and I would another thing that I would say is sorry that I'm 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 lagging is <laughs> now now that now that you have LinkedIn that you have on Instagram that you have La Nueva Link uh, mm-hmm. that Deborah that Deborah Renteria is 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 leading reach out reach out. like I'm you know I say this all the time like I, I I I'm happy to carve out two hours of my week or more and and 
do coffees and meet people and, and talk about how we can create together. Or even if it's, you know, if I can buy you a coffee and tell you about my experience and where I messed up and, and where I succeeded, yeah. if, if those stories can help you, I'm like, and, and that's one thing I, I, I would say, go to LinkedIn, go to La Nueva Link, go to Instagram and reach out to people and, 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 you know, be, be quick, be honest and, and, and sincere and, and, ask for stories, ask for, ask questions. Uh, that, that is, I think the way you, you, you go about stuff. Cause that's, that's the way I meet new talent. When someone yeah. introduces me to someone, when someone reaches out and the other day, uh, this, this young man, who's a, a, a content producer reached out and said, Hey man, I, I don't have anything to offer you right now. And I know you're not hiring, but this is my portfolio. This is what I've done. And turns out he, he, he holds, he has his fingers over the pulse of this niche of brands who want to target Latinos and, and he knows like the right people. And I'm like, shoot, I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I know you. I'm glad I can recommend you. But I also, now that I'm having conversations about like X or Y project that I need to do content for, yeah, I, you're going to be your top of mind. Yeah. Like I'm not, you know, I don't, I, I have a limited, I have limited time to do stuff. So I need to, to use the resources that I have, uh, you know, at, at arm's length. Absolutely, absolutely. I got one more question for you. Let's go. What makes you strange on purpose? Ah, where I come from, man. I uh, that's I for the longest time. I I when I went into interviews at first, like for sneakers or at Nike, at Lulu, I would always flex. <laughs> you, you know, like I it was like I had a a a, a sticker on my chest that says, "I know Kanye." Uh, and that was so lame. And I, a good friend, colleague, mentor, and overall incredible human, um, who who I used to work with at at uh, top partnership digital partnerships at, at Adidas. Yeah. Um, he he asked me for a Zoom call one day, and he said, "Listen, man, I know your you think your superpower is that you've been." privilege to work with the Kanye's and the Pharrell's. And he said, a lot of people has done that shit. Yeah. He's like, a lot of people have been to complex one. A lot of people have been to like intersect or, or whoever. And he said, what I found fascinating about you when I met you is where you're from mm. and your story. And he said, he said, picture this, you're having a conversation with Pharrell and he asks you who you are. And you tell him, oh, dude, I've, I've been with you guys since the first complex con. And I've been, but He's going to be like, oh, cool, like every other dude out here. He said, right. but what if you tell him I was born in Guatemala and then I, I grew up in Mexico and then in the States and then I was lucky enough that a company thought that I was the equal part smart and affordable that they sent me to East Africa to run stuff for them. And, and he said, and then in Africa, you got to go to Kenya and Ghana. And, and then he said, that's what makes you super interesting and strange and unique. Yeah. He's like, and, and, and that, that conversation changed my whole perspective on the way I valued myself as well. I thought my value came from what the incredible things that Adidas and William Morris and, and exile content allowed me to do, which, which those things are a great part of who I am. Mm -hmm. But that, that conversation with, with, uh, with him just, changed the the way i saw myself i thought no i, I was already special before i joined these companies before yep. before i came to work at my dream company 
I was already a badass. I had already traveled the world and they paid me to do it. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I got to, to, to um, dig ditches during Umuganda in Kigali, Rwanda with the president of Rwanda. And that's that's something infinitely more large, like impactful and and larger than, with all due respect to to Mr. West, than to being in the room with Kanye. Yeah. That's you know, and and uh, and now that's that's my that's the flag that I that I wave. The fact that I'm here, but it seems like in a different lifetime, I was I was you know I was in Guatemala and I was in Mexico and I was in Rwanda and. That's what makes me stranger on purpose. 